How many of you are thankful that we have a God that is a giver and not a taker? Amen. He is a giver and not a taker. And that's what he's called us to be in our lives. So listen, I was thinking about this this last week in preparation for today's message here. This is our last installment on taking ground, all right? Because we've been talking about taking ground for Jesus. And we've been defining the goalpost is so important as we move forward. And I want you to understand this. The results that you and I are getting in our life are directly related to our seed sowing. Did you know that? That the results come in your life and my life from our seed sowing that takes place every single day. And have you ever asked the question, how different would my life be today if my seed sowing, things like my thoughts, my words, my money, my dreams had been different. Have you ever thought about that in your life? I'm sure that you have. And so if these are the things that brought us to where we are right now, they have an impact on our lives and shape who we are, then these are the same things that are shaping and forming our lives in the future and in the days to come. So We've been talking about taking ground, and we've said in the game of football, how many have been watching a lot of football lately, because it is football season, you know, whether it's college, thank you, you're, I, I heard that, Alice, and uh, that's our Redskins fan right there, she's speaking loud and clear, all right, and, uh, and we've been talking about taking ground, and in this, we've said one of three things happens on the football field, right? Every time the ball is snapped, one of three things happen. We've said the first thing is that you will either lose ground on the football field, you'll lose it, or number two, you could maintain, which ultimately means you're going to lose it anyways because you can't just sit there and maintain, you plateau. Then the third thing is we've talked about is take ground. Can you say that with me? Take ground. And that is what we're called to do for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and through his church. We are called to take ground. Now, I have a key thought for you, and I'm gonna come back to this about three quarters of the way through this message today, and here is the key thought if you're taking notes or you are on our app taking notes, and that is this. When something leaves your hand, it doesn't leave your life. When something leaves your hand, it doesn't mean it leaves your life, and I'm gonna come back and talk about that in just a moment. But what I'm proposing to you today is in order to take ground in your life, day to day and what you're going through, in the church, whatever realm it's in, in your family, in your workplace or whatever, there are seed sowing forces that are chief ingredients in the recipe of your life. There are seed sowing forces that are going out from you one way or another. I'm gonna talk about that in just a moment as well whether you're a believer or even a non-believer in Jesus, that happens every single day. So, like, you know, when you're preparing, how many of you enjoy just a good sandwich? You love putting a good sandwich together? Yeah, me too. So, so when you do that and you prepare it, you ask, okay, well, what kind of cheese do I want on it? I, I, I was born in Wisconsin. Cheese is that first thing that comes to mind. Are you with me? Amen. All right. Cheese. Okay, what kind of cheese? What kind of meat do I want on there? What kind of sauce, you know, what kind of sexy sauce do you want on it? And then you choose the ingredients based on what you want the outcome to be. 
Are you following me? Right? So in life, the question is, which habits, which friends, what words, what values create a future I want for myself and my family? In every context of where you're at, you can ask that. There is a recipe to that. So here's what we have to understand, because this is a biblical principle. We reap in kind to what we sow. We reap in kind to what we sow. So this is a biblical principle we cannot change. It is settled, and it is a universal law. We are to sow good seed into every field that we have. Well, what is the field that we have? Well, we have our family. That is an amazing field. We have to sow good seed there. We need to sow it into our workplace. We, we need to sow it into our friends, and we need to sow it into our churches, and we need to sow it into our finances, and we need to sow it into our fun, right? How many of you know that's one of the fields God's given to us? That we are, fun is a, is a great thing, right? That we need to sow it into that. That you're not only praying, but sowing the right seeds for the right harvest. The right harvest. You know, we are in harvest season. How many of you know that? We're in harvest season. So good seed always creates good harvest. You need to know that. That's a biblical principle that God has put in his word. It's a universal law that does not change. So what I want to tell you today is this. When the harvest isn't what you want it to be in your life, you need to check your seed. When you are not getting the outcome that you want in your life, you need to go back and say, what is going on with the seed that I am or am not planting for a harvest? And here is where it comes out of the Bible, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, that we get this, and as well as many other places in the Gospels. But here is what the principles, and here's where it's found. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. I mean, if you know that, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he, what? Sows. Let us not become weary in doing good, verse nine, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not, what? Give up. We will reap if we do not give up. If you give up, you can't reap. This is a principle that is inside of God's word. And many people think they can change it and mix it up and rationalize it, but none of us can because it's a universal principle inside of God's word. So many times we look at this and say, well, he's only talking about bad things. That is very true, that's true, but he has this warning, but he also has this promise. He says, I want you to take this seriously. I want you to take this seriously. So God created sowers, you and me, so that we can get involved with what he's doing on the earth. Because God has limited himself to our involvement in the world that we live in. Do you know that? We serve a God that is unlimited. He is limitless, amen? But he has limited himself through mankind to do his work on the earth. That's pretty amazing when you think about that. Oh yes, he can do anything he wants, but as you look through scripture, he's limited himself to men and women and what they will do with his word and whether they'll be obedient or not. God's like, you know what? You have a brain, you have two hands and feet, now get busy. Winston Churchill said, you create your own universe as you go along. I thought that's a great quote. Isn't it really true? And well, if that really is true, 
what if we, who are created in God's image, are designed by God to be part of a creative process, which we are, which we are. So that bids the question, well, what habits, what thoughts, which beliefs keep me in God's plan for my life and yours? Christ formed in you comes when you grant him access to govern in these critical force-forming areas in your lives. And I'm going to talk about two different forces today, all right? Two forces. Can you say that with me? I'm going to start with the force of a seed, the force of a seed sown. Because we're talking about taking ground, and it takes force to do that. The first one is, number one, everyone is sowing something today that will show up in form of a harvest tomorrow. If you're with me, say yes. Imagine your future like a farmland, if you will. It's wide open. It's waiting to receive seeds. A farmer, I grew up in the Midwest, a farmer does not go out into their field and look at their field and wish for corn. Well, I really, as he stands, as she stands on the edge of the corn, I hope, I wish with all my might that that, that, that corn or, or soybeans will come from this field. The farmer or the smart farmer doesn't go out and just wish for a harvest just thinking in their mind that it's going to happen because a harvest doesn't come by wishing for it. And if he were a Christian farmer, he wouldn't let, just go to the edge of the field and pray for corn and let it stop there. But he would, what he would do is pray the blessing of the Lord over it, but he would sow his seed to produce harvest that he wanted to see inside of the field. Why is that? Because fields don't respond to a wish. Fields respond to a seed. How many of you are with me today? Fields, ground, soil responds to seed. Not, I hope so, not, I wish that this would happen, or I dream that would happen, but that you would sow it. This is why Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 Paul talks to that church as he talks to us. Whatever, I love that because whatever, that's wide open. Whatever you sow, whether it's good or whether it's bad, is going to come back to you. That you will reap that. And I want you to notice how empowered we are to take ground. That's how empowered believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are as we live every single day and every single moment and everything we say and the thoughts that we think and the things that we do or the things that we don't do, we are very empowered. Many times we look at this passage, like I said, and we only talk about sin, which is very, you, you gotta understand, that is very vital in this. And I'm gonna talk about that in just a moment. But we have to understand that we are not spectators. You know, we are not just spectators that, that we just stand on the sidelines and we just hope. We're not just observers. No, we are harvest-creating sowers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is the law of the great returns that the Bible talks about, that there are great returns that come as you sow good seed into the field of life. So the way that we participate in the world God created is much the same way a farmer participates with the law of nature. So here's what I want to encourage you to do today. 
is this, that every one of us have great empowerment, but that, that you wouldn't just the seed, and we know seeds are very small, as, as you see, is when a, a farmer sows the seed, and especially you go back to ancient days and you look how they had a, a bag over their shoulder and they grabbed into their bag of seed and they reached in and they sowed it and they threw it out, that I wanna encourage you today, rather than sowing the things that are of complaining and, and griping and negativity and talking about being critical, that you would not take that out and throw it out into the field, but that you would take the good seed that God has given to you through his word, seeds of hope and seeds of faith and seeds of confidence and seeds of thanksgiving and seeds of gratitude. Are you with me for service today? Are you just listening? Are you a bystander? Are you a participant? in good seed sowing, that you would not sow the bad seed that you could possibly sow and I could possibly sow at any given day, at any given moment, because God has empowered us. That's how empowered he has created his humanity underneath him, but that we would reach into the bag and we would grab the good seed and we would sow that because we want that type of return, amen? Seeds of encouragement. Seeds that are life-giving. So um, what people don't realize, like I just said, is it happens every single day, every single moment, whether you're in the workplace, student, you're on your campus, whether you're in your home, whether you're in the church, or wherever it may be, you are either sowing good seeds or bad seeds in your life every single moment of every single day. And you and I have been empowered to do that. So it's important, to, so if we look at this and we think, wow, example, way of thinking, some people approach life, people, church, work with expectations, like, what can you do for me? I mean, what can you do for me? I mean, you know, I, you know, I need for you to do this for me. You know, I need for you to do this for me, and I have all these expectations. The way of thinking is the seed that they put out into the world. So, you know, it's the same way with, as Scripture talks about, even if you continue to read on in Galatians chapter 6, about sowing to the flesh. That every single day, you and I could sow to the flesh rather than sow to the spirit that is life-giving. And when you talk about sowing to the flesh, you're talking about acting independently from God. That's what sowing to the flesh means. That when I'm sowing to that, I'm acting independently from God. That God, I don't need you, and I have this all under control, and I can do what I want with my life and my family and my money and all of these things and, and my talent and all. That's acting independently from God. That's sowing to the flesh, right? Other people approach life, people, their work, the church, asking, what can I do to add value to them, to that place, to that house? That way of thinking is the seed that they put out into the world. So sowing to the spirit is accepting God's truth into your life and living by it. Amen. Sowing to the Spirit. Sowing to that which is life-giving. So these different ways of thinking will produce two different harvests. One will produce a bad harvest. The other will produce a good harvest. So you've got to give up the idea, and here's what I'm talking about here. You've got to give up the idea that God loves some people more than others. How many of you are with me? You need to stop thinking like that. I said you need to stop thinking like that immediately. 
that God loves other people more than he loves me. No, he doesn't. That is a lie. He loves us the same, even though you think you're his favorite. You need to stop thinking of those lies and keep thinking, wow, they wear a halo and you know what, I'm from the other side of the tracks. No, 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 that's not how God operates. That's not who God is. No, you you don't know what's inside of that other person. You've got to start off every day thinking about what's going, what your thoughts are going to create to think, to talk and respond and to give. So I know in my life that it would be different. I just don't know how different, which means I have a harvest of blessing from my mom and dad tithing in my life that I don't know how dramatic and abundant it really is that what I do understand is we all get back what we put out because there's another biblical principle of great returns. I watched my parents give, I watched my parents give the first 10% not only of their income, but of their life to the Lord. And and I know that a lot of God's blessing on my life is in my family history. Wait a minute, you didn't hear me. I know that a lot of blessing on my life is because of my family history. And if you don't think history means anything, you need to dial it back and look. Because it has everything to do with why you and I are sitting here today and why we do or don't do the very things every single moment. It has everything to do with our family history. And I don't really understand because my mind can't get all around about how different the harvest would have been if my parents would have not honored the Lord with their devotion, with their tithe, with everything that they were. And they weren't perfect people, and by no means am I painting that. But, but you've got to understand something that just because something leaves your hand doesn't mean it leaves your life. I hope you get this principle today. See, just because the quarterback releases the ball out of his hand and throws it to a teammate, a teammate, it doesn't mean it left his life. It's on the same field of play and it went into a teammate's hand to accomplish the goal to go down the field to take ground. But so many people in the body of Christ, we overthink this thing because we think we're smarter than God. Oh, Because, wow, because if I release this, I no longer have control. Pastor Ryan talked about that today, right? We're all in that boat, you know? We're all OCD at one point or another in all of our lives, right? We get to the point where, hey, I got to control this. How many of you realize at the end of every single day, you realize how little control you really have? Hello? Hello? Amen, isn't that true? If you're not old enough to figure that out, just take it from those that are wiser that are around you, this is the truth. You have very little control with what you do, but we've been empowered by God. But so many people think, wow, if I release my time and I give it to God, I'll never get it back. You have misunderstood a biblical principle of God's word. Give and it will be, yeah, 
See, so many people misunderstood the scripture of the Lord Jesus Christ or have rejected. Wow, if I give my first 10%, if I give my first 10% to God, I never get it back. You've misunderstood. It wasn't your 10% in the first place anyways. It was God's. What? He's just entrusted you with it to see whether you're gonna have a right heart before him to give it back to him so that he could give you more in the future. This is just a testing ground. So just because it leaves your hand doesn't mean it leaves your life and we gotta release that. So many people make that mistake in that teaching about all of their life that they think, well, the tithe is only about money. No, the tithe is about your whole life. The tithe is about God giving his first, his highest, and his best, and he did that through Jesus Christ. That's why I'm thankful God is a giver. He's a giver and not a taker. But many people make that mistake. Moms and dads, I want you to notice that we can train up our children in the ways of the Lord, and when they are older, they are older, they will not depart from it. Not wish for it, but sow seeds for it. Number two, here it is. Everything you need for a better future is in your life today, waiting for you and I to recognize it. Well, well wait, wait, wait a minute. Where do you get that? Well, let's give an example amongst the many in Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 4. There's a famine in the land. A distraught widow hits the point of desperation. She comes to Elisha, verses 1 and 2. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha this, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. What is she saying? You know he loved God. You know he served God, but now his creditor is coming. Oh, my goodness, Target. The credit cards from Target is coming. Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus, the mortgage is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Isn't it interesting in that day, they didn't come and take your house or car. They came and got your kids. You, you can't sign up for that one. I'm sorry. Don't clap. Don't clap at that one. <laughs> That's what they did. You have a mom here who is desperate, and she comes to the man of God. There are two questions Elisha asked her, because I'm going through this quickly. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Number one question. Tell me, what do you have in your house? He turns the tables around on her where she says, I have nothing. How many of you have ever gone to your closet in the morning, you've opened up the door and it's full of clothes and you said, I have absolutely nothing to wear? <laughs> yeah, we've all done it. We've all done it. All right. I have nothing to wear. It's full of clothes. Right? I, I can't. Nothing. Nothing. Then the wheels are turning and she starts to think, except a little oil. Elisha instructed her to take what she considered to be nothing. Listen to this word today. She exhorted her to go back to her thinking to say what she thought was nothing, what you think is nothing. He said, I want you to invest it and use it and sow it. And when she did, it created enough income for her to pay off her debts and feed her family. I want to say to you today, there's never a day in our life that we don't have something that we can use to create more. More. See, we go many times to the things in our life where we think we have excess, more than enough. He goes back to this lady and he says, this widow, he says, wait a minute, what can I do for you 
And what do you have in your house? This is such a powerful biblical dynamic that I have seen played out. I mean, not only in physical, monetary, but we've seen in people. You know, and one of those things, as Pastor Ben said just a moment ago, is uh, him and Claire will be planting our Clearbrook campus, which we're so excited about. And I'm going to have Pastor Ben, if you'll come, and uh, I just want him to talk a little bit about today on this sowing and reaping principle, because really, here we have a spiritual dynamic being played out. The spiritual dynamic in this is, is that as we plant, we understand that you guys are from the house. You are in the house. And sometimes we can look out, try to look outside the house to try to look for the miracle of God when God says your miracle is right in your house. And the miracle of you guys coming and stepping up, God had implanted that vision and that dream inside of you and Claire many, many years ago. So, so I want you just to speak into today on how, how we as Abundant Life Stephen City can sow into Abundant Life Clearbrook and that surrounding area. Yeah, I would even maybe even just back some of that up is just even our, my story of coming to this church is um, I, had, I was, had found Jesus just a few weeks before this moment, but um, yeah. I grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I was driving back home. I was going down 81, and um, the, God speaks still, right? Amen. That's right. So I was driving down the road, and he was like, you're going to go to that church. And I was like, that's weird. Okay. And so couple, like next week, I was, I was in here, and maybe like some of you, it's just I just walked in the doors, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is home. Like, I, I didn't yeah. know what I was missing in my life, but as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, my word, this is, this is it. This is what I was looking for. Right. But um. But really, a lot of even that where I get to stand here today is because of the faithfulness of so many people who are in this room right now. Mm. You know, even going back to the story of the beginning, of the, like when you guys came almost 15 years ago, how there's 22 people in this church. Yeah. 22 people in this church. And the faithfulness of those 22 you, is what has allowed people like me and many of you to come into this church. And so right there, that's just the faithfulness of God and that sowing and Amen. reaping. When, you, when the seats weren't full, God was still faithful. Amen. And he'll, be, he'll continue to be faithful even, even long, long past that. That's right. Um, so really, a lot of it is, is continuing to, to do the work that we're doing. If, um, maybe if it is, you know, financially it's sowing. I mean, we, we need that. We've got to keep the lights on. We've got we to gotta pay for the rent over there. Right. Um, and maybe this heart for the house is that first time. Maybe, maybe it's only $5, but, you know, as a broke college kid, you know, we, me and my wife, we, we still, we still tied on it. Sometimes we were like, steak or ramen? Steak or ramen? <laughs> All right, God, we'll do ramen this week to be faithful to you. Um, but, but for us, we've seen God be so, so faithful um, just as, mm. as we've been faithful and just pressing it, it's that day by day, just like you said, taking, taking mm -hmm. control of that thought life and just saying, you know what, this is what's going to serve God. But yeah. as we move forward, um, I would invite you to come to our next launch meeting um, where we get to talk, we dive deeper into what we're going to be doing. Some of this, this next time we're talking more strategically what we're planning on doing. I mean, we want to be in this community. We want to be serving families. Yeah. Um, I said something at our last launch meeting is that um, if, if that church ever had to shut the doors, the, church, the community should riot because Amen. we were so ingrained into the community. We loved Amen. the community so well that it, it, was, it would be in an uproar if we left. 
I, I think that's what the Thank church you, of Jesus, Jesus should look like. Amen. So, so that and praying with us, we know right. that that prayer is what's going to break up that soil that, so that we can sow those seeds. You know, the Bible talks about how um, you throwing seed on different ground. You know, we don't want to throw it on rock. We want to throw it on some fertile soil. And the only way that we can do that is if the church is praying. That's right. If we're praying and we're sowing into that community. Absolutely. So many ways that we are right now trying to make inroads into that area and just really sow seeds. Like you're saying, serving the needs of the school, the students that are there trying to make those inroads, but prayer has to lead the way. So we just want to encourage you and are so thankful as God is leading you guys and leaders and putting these ideas and thoughts in your head. We're in this together. We're one church, two locations. We're still the same church here in Stephen City, just like we are in Clearbook. And we're, so we're so very excited as God is just really putting together the pieces on this. So we're so excited. So just because it leaves your hand doesn't mean it leaves your life. That's right. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Awesome. Just because it leaves your hand doesn't mean it leaves your life. But we live in a world where, hey, if it's gone, you know, it's no longer in my possession, so I lost it. No. See, there's a different dynamic, the dynamic of great returns that's taken place. And so God created you with the ability, the brain power the capacity, the skill, so that you can use your time and uh, use your life for the future. The problem is we underestimate it and we often don't see what's in our hand and what's in our house. See, we've, we found out that, uh, we said this at the first launch meeting, we found out that there has been a group of teachers at Abundant Life in the, in the Clearbrook, I should camp, I'm already calling it that school, Abundant Life, because we're calling that because that's what it's going to be. But at Stonewall Elementary, there's been a group of teachers for years that have been praying for a church to have a campus there. Somebody already had been sowing. See, nothing happens without sowing. We think it shows up. I believe that nobody comes to Jesus without somebody praying for them first. So you're sowing the seeds. You're doing it now. So we can all invest in ways to produce a better life for ourselves tomorrow. And you don't have to win the lottery to prosper financially. But I said a few weeks ago, if you were that person in wherever, the Carolinas that won the $1.6 billion, and you can hear me, just tithe off it. I mean, right here to this church. And you can be a blessing, but you don't have to win the lottery to do that, Okay. Seriously, give it back to God, right? So here's a couple other thoughts before we bring this down. There is what we talked about, the force of the seed. Then we have to also take you around through the force of a belief. The force of a belief is, you know, not just how much faith we have, because that is important, but it's about our opinions and our biases. It's about our BS, some of you tensed up at that moment. What do I mean by BS? It's about our belief systems. It's about our belief systems, and we all have got them. If you fly to London, land at Heathrow Airport today, you get off the plane, you rent a car, pull out, drive on the right side of the road, you can have the best of intentions, you can have a good heart, but you're headed for a collision. You, know, you may not know it, but in London, they drive on the left side of the road. You can have it right in your heart, 
and wrong in your head. And the right in your heart won't make up for the bad in your head. Are you with me? That that, why, why we teach the scriptures here, that's the very reason where people might say, well, you know what, I meant, I meant, well, well you're going to have, have a head-on collision with the best of intentions. But many people have great intentions and they pull out on the wrong side of the road, they have a collision, they go buy a new car, they pull out on the wrong side of the road and they have another collision as if they're going to get different results by doing the same thing. Change the way you believe and get better results in your life today, but also in your future. The first point I want to make on that, our believing affects our receiving. Can you say that with me? Our believing affects our receiving. That's why Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, it will be done to you. I love the message Bible because it says this, you literally become what you believe. You are becoming what you believe about yourself right now in this moment. You are becoming that. That's not because I said it. That's not because of some crazy philosophy out there. That's because Scripture says it, and it's a universal law that you and I cannot change. So if you believe something or someone will make you happy, you're going to put that out there, and it's going to shade your thought. And, and, you know, like, hey, if I get married, you know, that it's going to make me happy. Well, I mean, you know, some people have that. You know, single people think if, if they will be happy if they get married. Married people think if I only I was single, I'd be happy. That's a crazy lie, Right? People have beliefs about God's nature and it impacts them. Listen, if you don't believe that God is good and his nature is good, you won't have faith that he's looking out for you and providing for you, right? So if you go to God's word, you're gonna find something different than the philosophies of this earth. Jesus said, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you, he says in Matthew 7, 7. Most people assume they do more good than they actually do, and the reason is we judge ourselves on our own intentions, but intentions don't count in the kingdom, actions do, right? We can have good intentions all day long, but it's what we do, it's what we act upon, and more about that next week as we go into our new series, I'm excited about that. Number two, different beliefs don't cause people to see different things. They cause people to see the same thing differently. We see it differently based on our BS, our belief system. That's when God came to Adam and said, who told you you were naked? You believed a philosophy. You believed the lie of the enemy. He zeroed in on what he believed. And so he wants us, and he wants us to understand that there can be a different outcome. What is the outcome for you? What is the outcome? And how, how are those things working for you? So those beliefs are influencing our reality. But listen, if you believe the Bible is always right, you make decisions based on what it says. The only book out there that is absolutely right is the Bible. And we live in the most spiritually illiterate generation ever. Sometimes we'll go to the word last, but every word is true. Every word is right. Every word is perfect. His precepts are perfect. But if you believe that they're true, you will go and you will believe them with all of your heart and all of your life. Worship team, if you'll come. Many people don't realize that they are praying for something different than they are sowing. And I want you to chew on that one today. 
that many people don't realize they're praying for something different than they are sowing. It's like praying for a harvest of corn while they sit on their porch expecting it just to happen because of good intentions. But it's more than that. It's doing it. The world's full of good intentions. Even churches are full of good intentions, good ideas. But the Bible says this is about acting because love is the verb. It's to go, it's to do, it's to love. Yes, it's to do what I've called you to do. It's being obedient, it's sowing to the Spirit. That's what God's called us to do. So today, as we bring this to the end, I want you to understand Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. There's no changing that. There's a law at work in the universe. What's amazing is in ancient Egypt, they found corn that was over 2,000 years old inside of a pyramid. They took the corn, they planted it, and a lot of it produced life, corn. What am I saying? Don't hold your seed. There's a lot of people, they just got thousands, years. I'm just going to leave it there. Don't hold your seed. Release it. And if you don't release it, you can't see the blessing of God. You got to release what's in your hand. Sir, ma'am, you got to release what's in your hand. There has to come a day that you go from the consumer to the contributor. There has to come the day you got to release the seed. Because one day, when we pass from this life, our hands that had things so tightly clenched will soon have to release it. It will have to release it. It's not ours. We can't take it with us. So don't hold your seat.